Hello and welcome back to the Ambitious Minds podcast. I'm your host Jay and on this show I'll be sharing the stories of relatable individuals striving to make a mark in their respective industries. In this week's episode I'll be sitting down with Ashley Bailey, a personal trainer who carved out a niche working with film studios and training Hollywood actors. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ashley where he explained how we ended up living on the set of Jurassic World and has gone on to train members of the cast of Ted Lasso as well as many other celebrities. His serendipitous approach to life has opened up so many doors to exciting new opportunities and I hope this open-mindedness becomes an inspiration to at least one of you listeners. Ashley is a really good friend of mine and he's helped me to understand the science behind training and nutrition over the years. I'm so grateful to him because whilst his conversation started with his journey into training actors, he also gives an insight into his very simple approach to exercising. Thank you so much for listening again this week. I really appreciated your incredible support and I'm so grateful to each and every one of you that's listened so far. If you haven't already done so, please make sure you've hit the subscribe button. It really helps me to grow the show and it ensures that you won't miss the really exciting guests I've got coming up over the coming weeks. And one final point before we hear Ashley's story. If you feel anybody would benefit from a bit of inspiration right now, I would love it if you would share the show. Ashley, thanks for joining, mate. Thank you for having me, Jay. Absolute pleasure. So Ashley is a personal trainer. He works in film studios with actors, but that isn't what he's always done. No. <laughs> no. Maybe you could actually start by telling us a little bit about what you're doing now, but also how we met and, uh, yeah, and, and the journey to, to becoming where you are now. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, we've known each other for... Well, how long is it now? 10 years, I'd say. Ten, about 10 years, um, where we used to work together in finance in the city. And, um, you know, we both hated that job, I think we could, <laughs> fair, fair to say, right? Um, and we, I, we hated it, but a lot of good stuff has come out of it because Tom, who's one of the other guests that's been on the podcast, I also met at this place. Yeah. So he's a good friend of ours, um, but we sort of, we found, the, we found the desire to get out of there as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. So I've always said, I think serious training often comes from like a source of pain. And I'd always been sporty, athletic, and had been in the gym since I was like 15 years old. But you know, what standard stuff, not really know what you're doing, just like kind of dicking around in there. Um, and then because I hated that job so much, I found training properly. And I remember like talking to you about it all the time and ended up like learning things, this stuff and then being... Well, you were literally learning it on the job. I was literally learning so it on the job. You, you yeah. were being paid to do this job, which wasn't very inspiring. But whenever I looked over at your computer, you were just Googling how to get jacked in the gym. Yeah. And, and literally dedicating all of your time inside work. Yeah. I, 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 would, I deep dived very heavily and quickly on and absorbed as much information around it as possible and then just found myself being able to like teach other people about it and in that moment kind of decided that I was gonna quit and become a personal trainer and but that's quite that's quite a big step because you were leaving a job where you had a relatively good at the time salary and yeah. a guaranteed bonus but then you went to become a personal trainer where your income became a lot more erratic mm -hmm. and you probably would have taken a pay cut when you did it. Yeah. 
Why? Because it was something that I was truly passionate about, good at, and saw a path for it that most other people wouldn't see a path with it. Like, there's a reason why I work with film studios, work with actors, and it's that I always had that goal. It wasn't like a fully formed thing, but I had that vision in my mind. That's where I wanted to end up. I didn't want to be a personal trainer in a gym. I always wanted more out of it. The place where you started to become a personal trainer was very, very close to a film studio. Yeah. Was that strategic at the time? No, it's just where I was brought up. Um, it, that was just coincidence and that was just the easiest place for me to be able to get a job. I mean, it was a very good gym. Um, but yeah, no, that wasn't a strategic decision at all. But that did lead to your um, your sort of pathway into working with actors, I think, it, didn't it? it? Yeah, it did. So um, I realized like being at a gym like i think i had to learn the trade of being a personal trainer you have to do that somewhere and then i realized that i wasn't gonna be able to move forward just by being in like a regular commercial gym so i went to run a gym at a members club okay um and that was a strategic decision because i was purposely trying to move myself to somewhere where i might meet someone there'll be more of a chance of meeting that person who's going to be able to help and like introduce you to new clients introduce just yeah i was training colin trevaro um very well-known director directed the jurassic world all of the jurassic world movies and i was training him and it was about three years in the end before jurassic world dominion started but I remember saying to him, because I, I also hated that job where I was running the gym at Members Club. Uh, but, and I remember saying to Colin that I hated this job, but I wanted to carry on working with him. And I wanted to work on movies and I wanted to work on Jurassic World. And I remember saying to him that if I, I know that if I quit this job now, we're too early in our relationship, maybe in six, nine months in with him. I was like, this relationship will, you know, it'll probably go before the movie goes ahead so I will stick out this job so you were doing that with the intention of hopefully he might invite you onto set yeah in order to train with the actors yeah and I one underestimated maybe how long it would take for a movie of that size to come about it takes a long time yeah and I didn't know what it would be but he was just like I hear you leave it with me Okay. And I would check in every kind of maybe six months or so, and it'd be the same, like, leave it with me. And so I knew there was something there. I didn't know what this thing would be. Or how long it would or take. Or how long it would take, exactly. But then when the movie went to go ahead, it was right in the middle of COVID. So the movie basically had to move into a hotel. All the cast had to live in a hotel, this amazing hotel, right by Pinewood Studios. And we had the entire hotel to ourselves. And I was moved into the hotel as well to train the cast on the wow. movie, which was unbelievable. So what happened then? So you, you were working with some actors, you were working on set at this time. Would you say that COVID sort of gave you your break? 
because it gave you the opportunity to go in there full time. You're living in the hotel yeah. with these actors and probably networking quite well with them. Yeah, it was an opportunity, and I, th- I think they say like luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I was prepared for that break, and I went into it knowing that I could do a really good job. And yeah, it it was amazing it was living in that hotel for four months. You know. Not many, Full, not many people can say that. No, like in you know, outdoor, indoor swimming pool, gym, spa, restaurants. Like, it it was an unbelievable experience, and one I'm be forever grateful to Colin for. And yeah, from there, everyone and like went back after the movie had finished, and a load of the guys carried on training with me, and that offered me the opportunity to go out to LA, nice. to live with some clients, and then. So you work on like other their projects. Local PT at this point. Yeah. So in, in in Hollywood. Yeah. So and then, you know, this was a very small place, and people started like recommending me to other actors and their friends, and I was able to just build this business from word of mouth. And since then, I've gone to work on some pretty other cool stuff as well. So it's been an amazing journey so far. Yeah, and I remember when you, I think you texted me once and you were like, oh, mate, I'm in LA right now. And I was like, what are you doing there? And you're like, oh, I'm, I've moved out here to, yeah. to, to train my clients. Yeah, but, I, yeah. But then you came back to the UK and you, you were still looking after those clients, but remotely, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So I was able to train them via FaceTime um, and online with some clients it's like a lot of you know personal trainers you see will have online training on their instagram or whatever so i was able to when you've been training people for a long time and had that relationship you are able to do that quite and it's quite easy and it's very convenient as well it's very convenient for me as a trainer but it's also very convenient for the client Mm. and they're able to pick whoever they want in the world as a trainer i'm able to pick whoever i want as a client you know it's one of the reasons why you know i didn't necessarily say, um get on too great with a gym being like having to have clients just for the sake of having clients mm. to meet sales quotas yeah um what do you feel is the biggest difference between a normal personal trainer who's just working in a in a traditional corporate gym and then you and what did you do differently to those people the way I've approached training for myself has always been, I want to make this as simple as possible. I don't want to live in the gym. I don't want to be going to the gym six days a week. I can't think of anything worse. I can't think of anything worse for the clients. <laughs> and I just will strip it down to the bare, what's the least we can do to look good and have somewhere to build from there rather than just throwing everything at them or, you know. I've also seen your journey from when you when we met for the first time and you sort of it was really weird because you almost like shortcutted the journey from going from like normal physique to like ripped and big and mm. you Very i think you, you you took you took a, i guess like a a less traditional route because everybody else goes to the gym and they sort of like 
one day they'll do back and buys and this sort of thing. But you were going in there and doing compound lifts, I think, for and lifting as yeah. heavy as you could. Maybe talk us through that a little bit to mm-hmm. say like what yeah. what were the things that you found really effective for your style of training and how you managed to go on that journey and put on quite a lot of size quite quickly. Yeah, so I always approached it. Or well, one, I found a couple of people to inspire me and for me to listen to. There's so many people out there, so many sources of information. And often they're very conflicting. So I found a couple of people who I resonated with, who I was inspired by, and I just listened to what they were saying and kind of followed that. Who, who were those people? So originally it was Gregor Gallagher mm-hmm. with Kino Body, mm-hmm. and I actually went on his podcast because of my transformation using yeah. his stuff originally. And he was someone I just found particularly like inspiring and as I said earlier just I was able to absorb this information and I was able to learn it very quickly and strip it down on the job on the job just to clarify I I was looking over and you were on the Kino body website yeah looking at the different guides and like the exercise plans and stuff but then you were taking all the information in and then executing it Uh, yeah and I from the start just went in the gym to get as strong as possible and it's something I still do today like I primarily train for strength okay um and people i think will have like uh, five different bicep exercises in a workout trying to like train the peak of their bicep and stuff and i've always called bullshit on that and you know a bicep curl is a bicep curl and changing the unless you're competing and you need all of these like muscles to be in a certain shape and look yeah, in a certain way and there's no need to train like two three hours a day six days a week so i was in the gym for like three days a week you know two upper sessions one lower body session so you, and, you were looking for exercises that would give you a large amount of bang for your buck yeah yeah and i would you know try and get stronger in that kind of like let's call it three to eight repi range three for the lower body stuff but living in that six to eight rep range for most exercises getting as strong as possible and really heavily focusing on nutrition as well i've always been a nutrition guy and you see this with trainers where someone's either a fix it by training or fix it by nutrition when problems arise and i have always been and found myself gravitating towards nutrition that i or recovery so i'll be like because the training is the training and I don't, people will program hop a lot. And that's one of the other things I did. I just stuck to one thing. And over time, I found my own way of doing things. And it's not how I started out. So I don't do exactly what I did when I started out there. It's evolved into my own format. But one of the things, I wasn't just deep diving on training. I was deep diving on nutrition and having that dialed in and that's one of the biggest things i'd say what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they go on that journey to either getting bigger or getting leaner um there's a there's a couple so people won't stick something out for long enough they think that they'll get results from a new pro that one they think a new program is like the holy grail like oh i'm doing the right if I just find the best program for me, doesn't exist. Just find something that 
probably works and it will work and so that but they won't stick at the thing for long enough yeah they'll give it three weeks and they'll be like oh this isn't working i need a new program and then they'll go do that for another three weeks and it went and they'll just spin their wheels find a thing and just stick with it you know, for, for the listeners how long would you say people would need to stick with a plan that the current strategy for for in order to see proper results going on a new program minimum bare minimum like three months of doing really? it i mean you can tell after three you could tell if something really isn't right for you and some stuff really not be right there's a lot and lot of programs out there um and then with the getting bigger or leaner most people would benefit hugely from focusing on getting leaner to start. Very few people are in a position where they just need to add a load of size mm. without stripping away some body fat. And when you first start in the gym, you absolutely can build muscle and lose body fat at the same time. It gets a lot harder, like the more advanced you are, but at the start, you can definitely do that. And it would be that people live in this like mid-range right where they'll get lean and then they'll think they're getting too lean and so they'll think now oh i'm too small i need to bulk Mm -hmm. and then we'll start bulking and then they'll start bulking be like oh i'm too i'm getting too fat i need to cut and they live in this mid-range you almost have to go to the extremes you not yeah but you the not not f- extremes, but you have to get to those different ends. Like you have to go, if you're bulking, you have to put on bulk. Yeah. And you have to accept there is going to be some extra weight that you don't want because when it comes to the time that you want to cut, you'll lose that, but you'll still have a relatively trying, large amount of muscle mass exactly. underneath it. Yeah, people won't push it to the level that they need. And the fun stuff starts happening. Like if if you feel you're getting too small, where you're cutting and you feel you're get, you're too small, the best thing you can do is carry on because all of that hard work pays off a couple of weeks afterwards if you just keep going cutting and you end up looking like you want because your body changes and when your your proportions start changing and so when you go on a bulk to start with your waist becomes wider so it changes your body symmetry and your proportions you actually look worse when you're bulking and so it's quite hard to tell actually if in the initial stage if you're actually putting on muscle Mm. because the body fat starts to mask that okay and it's the same at the other end where you start you go through a stage of looking a lot smaller and worse when you're cutting if you keep going just keep going and you'll come out the other side and all of your hard work will have paid off and is that at the time when you start to see like the real definition in your abs, for example? Yeah, that's when you start seeing vascularity, ab definition, you know, your face starts like cutting in, things like that. So if you're, if you're preparing an actor for a topless shoot, for example, yeah. is that what you're aiming for? Are you aiming to get them down to like a really lean level of body fat? So it, w- it would depend on the project and the artistic vision of the production the director what that character needs and so you're helping the production create what this character needs to look like okay so it's not so, always, so they give you a desired yeah. body shape first and it's actually down to you to say how can we achieve this 
Yeah, so it's more like this character. You can get sense from the character, like how that character should look, and you're not always going to get like very specific direction. But say for Max Osinski, who I was training for Ted Lasso, that character was very clearly going to be along the lines of like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, right? I've seen the topless yeah. shot. So that's how we need to get Max look. We don't want him looking like a bodybuilder. Yeah. We want him looking like a footballer, yeah. soccer player. Very athletic. Very athletic and lean and looking as much like that. So the training then gets more tailored and targeted and rather than just having someone as like bodybuildery gym bro as possible. Mm. So it, it just depends on the production and the shoot, but it becomes a bit more tailored artistic than it would be just in the gym, like regular, just getting in shape in the gym. How long do you get, how long in advance does the production team give you to get the person in shape? Um, often not long. The guys I've been working with will keep themselves in check in between jobs because they know that they're most likely going to want to be in shape for their sure, project. Okay, yeah. so if they're an actor, then the, yeah. the baseline level they're looking for is to be in very good shape. Yeah. Okay. So they're keeping themselves around that level of shape, yeah. What advice would you give to somebody who is starting out today, they're a regular body shape, would you recommend, first of all, that they get lean? And then start trying to get bigger? Nine times out of ten, yes. Okay. People generally are probably walking around with more body fat than they realise. And yeah. it becomes easier to build muscle when you're leaner. Your insulin resistance is better. Your, your body is more primed to be able to build muscle. Your testosterone levels will start increasing from a reduction in body fat. And also... Building muscle is a lot, lot slower than losing body fat. So if you went into the gym, you had a bit of body fat to lose, but you were focused on building muscle. I mean, you could come out the other end of the same result, but you're probably going to get a bit discouraged because you're not going to see the results as quickly. Whereas if you went in to lose body fat, you would be very motivated and you'd see the results happening a lot quicker by getting leaner. Yeah, okay. And in that process, you would still be building muscle. So it's just going to be more satisfying and you're going to be more mm. motivated and stick to it. That's a good point. So if you, if you, want, to, yeah, if you want to continue with the, the journey, you're better to see results quicker yeah. and get down to a baseline that you're happy with because most people that go to the gym they start from a baseline of not being 100% happy with the way they currently look. Yeah. And they're either going to the gym to get bigger muscles or they're probably going to the gym to, to lose fat. Mm-hmm. And if you go through that cutting phase, first of all, get yourself down to a position that you're happy with and then go on that journey of then trying to build muscle gradually over time. Yeah. Is there such thing as a lean bulk? On paper, um, it's, it's really difficult to do. Um, the reality of the situation is that your the way you eat on a bulk and a cut should look identical, but you just get more food. Like your uh, mid- this is I, I've been I've done this before. 
it becomes when you're in a bog, it becomes an excuse to eat yeah. shit. Yeah, you 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 have more wiggle room. You all of a sudden you've got like, you know, you've got your maintenance calories, and we're not, you know, you're going against the nitty gritty of this, but like, you know, the calories you need to stay the same, and then you're cutting losing body fat calories. Say they're five hundred below your maintenance, and then you want to be above your maintenance to build muscle quicker which you will you're providing your body with more energy and so all of a sudden you've maybe because they got like 800 calories more in a day and that can but that can start creeping because you don't when you're really lean you can see day-to-day fluctuations and it's it's a blessing and a curse to that right um but when you start putting on a bit more body fat those day-to-day fluctuations are less spottable. And so you can convince yourself to like, oh, it doesn't matter if it's like 200 calories more today yeah. or like, and you know, I eat pizza when I'm losing weight, burgers when I'm cut, like for cutting. It is the fundamental part here that you need to be tracking the amount of calories that you're consuming. At a fundamental level, it comes down to calories in, calories out for putting on or losing body fat you don't have to track to do that but your body your body it still is effectively and so for me personally i find and for my clients i find it the most reliable consistent way to do this yeah tracking your calories and a lot of people will mistake that for when they hear tracking calories thinking it's a really restrictive diet it's the exact opposite and i used to be very dogmatic on pushing say like it doesn't matter what you eat as long as it's the calories and i've kind of like come a bit full circle on that where you do it for a long time and you realize like your dogmatism was maybe misplaced and so i do think it definitely does matter what you eat but you can absolutely eat crap food mm. and still lose weight yeah and it, it fundamentally comes down to calories in calories out and yeah tracking yeah calories and, and, and like with anything in life if you're going to be successful at something you need an element of discipline yep and you need to be disciplined if you're going to be successful at losing weight or bulking up yeah. you need to be disciplined at tracking your calories and going to the gym yeah you need to be disciplined in yeah life. so i think you you want to learn how to switch it on or off and so go getting like super meticulous about it being perfect you are not going to be perfect forever but you really want to learn that skill of being able to dial it in because then you know how to relax it more on the other side so you don't live every day out of the year eating out of like Tupperware and stuff like that. Like, but you learn how to do that because there may be a period of time that comes up where you need to pull from that skill set mm. or want to pull from that skill set. Yeah, for example, you've got a holiday coming up and you want to be in very good shape. You might need to do four to six weeks of being really yeah. dialed in, really disciplined, yeah. but you, you need to know you have that in the locker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You've got that in your locker. You know that you can pull from that. Mm. And if you haven't 
gone down that route to start with you mm. don't have that skill set to pull from and it is a skill I think and I think that sort of going back to what we said earlier on about if you get yourself lean first of all you know that it is a um, a realistic objective to get to that position mm-hmm. so start your journey by getting lean know that you can get to that in the future yeah otherwise you have a holiday approaching you're three weeks out you feel like you're not making a huge amount of difference and then you say oh you know i'm not yeah. going to make any change now but actually you need to continue persevere with that get through the the, the, the difficult times because cutting is difficult yeah um but you need to just understand that there is going to be reward at the end of it yeah i think the fundamentals of it are simple when you break it down what it comes down to you know calories in calories out and yeah there's nuances like your protein amount fiber like your fat carb ratios that's like nitty-gritty stuff is, is there like a, just a, a headline level that you would recommend for example protein intake i have come down a lot in my protein recommendations okay so the standard is based off body weight and it's a gram of protein per pound of body weight and you'll just hear this you know said by pretty much everyone now um height is much better and it pretty much oh correlates. really so, okay so you're saying there so should like, be like an amount of so, a gram so of protein per, per centimeter of height really okay and, and that is pretty really similar to a pound per body weight the way it okay. works out but actually you can go a lot less than that um you know i'll be say around 180 pounds let's say or six foot 183 centimeters yeah. right so before previously i'd have been maybe having 180 grams of protein maybe a bit more because i thought you know i'm cutting i need a bit more now that protein level sits around between like 130 150 okay wherever it kind of and, and I haven't seen any negligible, if anything, I've seen even better results because it just makes your life a bit easier. And that's what also you cheaper want. because cheaper, yeah. most people who are going to the gym, the, the one, one of the biggest hurdles to getting your protein intake in is how much money you need to yeah. spend on the food to do it. Yeah. Um, are there any quick wins that you would recommend for anybody who is struggling to meet their protein target? Yeah, so this is where I think sometimes eating a higher amount of protein at the start can be a benefit because once you go really high on your protein, you find it really easy to eat a bit less than actually maybe amount you need. Let's say you get used to eating 180 grams of protein a day, for example, when in reality all you need is 140. You do that 180 for three, six months, suddenly it's really easy to eat 140. So if you aim to to eat more grams of protein than you need it's a lot easier to fail and still hit your t- intake yeah. yeah exactly definitely okay. and then that's a good way to look at it and yeah there's foods that you know protein powders like a quick, a quick easy one everyone thinks of oh, it you know there's something magical about it it's really not it's filtered milk greek as- yogurts would you say that as well yeah like the skia greek yogurt or faye stuff like that you're just, you're just looking for the palatable protein sources. Like no one wants to be sat there eating like plain chicken, like on it. Chicken like, or, and rice. Yeah, it's just like you, and that's what people think. Like dieting, you, that, that's what people think. Tracking your macros. That, that's is. what people think. <laughs> they, they do, and it, like nothing could be further from the truth. Tra- tracking your macros gives you flexibility to eat 
all the food you really enjoy eating. I just want to take you back to when we worked together. I remember coming over to your desk one day and you were tracking your calories at this point and you literally had two massive bars of chocolate in front of you. And you were like, yeah, it fits in my macros. I can't remember this, but yeah, yeah. I think it's dark chocolate to give you some credit. No, probably. Well, I can't stand dark chocolate. <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm a, I'm a milk chocolate guy. Okay. Yeah, um, you had like two like bars of chocolate and you were like, oh, it fits in the macros. Yeah. And I was like, really? Like, you can get lean doing this? Uh, I'm sure you wouldn't recommend that, but I think well, that it probably goes back to the the science of calories in, calories out. Yeah, I think like if, you, if you're really wanting that and it's going to help you stick to your diet better if you're eating in a way that you're finding enjoyable you're much more likely to stick to it so um what body fat percentage are you roughly at the moment it doesn't matter is my honest answer is it single digits do you think it's single yeah it's single digits and i i live in this range all year long Mm. But what that number is, it doesn't matter because all that matters is how you feel and how you look in the mirror. Yeah. So whether that body fat percentage is 10% or 7%, who cares? It, it doesn't matter as long as you like the way you look. And I like the way I look. Yeah. And, and actually the way that you look now has opened other doors for you. So we've spoken about, first of all, that you were unhappy in your in your finance job to begin with. Um, you spent a lot of time researching essentially how to get stronger, leaner, mm-hmm. bigger. Um, you then became a personal trainer yep. and then you went on that journey mm-hmm. and then you started to work with somebody who introduced you to the actors. Yep. You were then training them. Mm-hmm. But now the next door that this has opened is... Uh, modeling yes yeah it's, and probably started off with some topless modeling I'm sure it's, yeah. that's in there somewhere yeah um, I think people always think as the goal as the goal when it's not it's merely just like a fork in the road mm. and opportunities present themselves and you start realising that there are other avenues that you can take in different paths and modeling for me is one of them right now yeah that like there's been some like a few topless things and i'm i'm guilty of this where you know you get in really good shape you book like a fitness photo shoot one booking yourself a goal like that is awesome and i'd recommend it Definitely, because giving yourself a deadline, you've created it yourself, it's artificial, but just that, that will keep you more dialed in and focused. Interesting. With a deadline, with something to aim for, for sure. And then other opportunities, you know, it's going down the acting route, but yeah, it's just I'm disrupting my life again, I'd say. Yeah, and, and, and again, being around some actors who have disrupted their life a few times because... I've heard the stories of actors, aspiring actors that fly out to Hollywood and they take jobs as waitresses, waiters, because they've got a goal in mind and they're going after it, but they've probably left something they were doing before in order to pursue that dream. And you're you're doing the same now. You're saying, well, I've I've done this and that, that made me happy at the time. However, there is another door that is open 
and I'm going to go after it. Yeah, I'm just going after it. And I have my, my training, but it's not like I'm completely closing that yeah, door. You've still got clients. I've, I've still got clients, but as I'm seeing these other opportunities come about, I'm just like, this mm. could be really cool to do. And so I'm just looking to seeing where those paths take me. And yeah, because like you've only got one life, mm. right? Yeah. And it's just like, why not just take, why not take a punt? And I took a punt, you know, when we were working together, I just quit that job with no job lined up to become a personal trainer. Didn't know where that journey would take me and just like followed this path. And now I'm just like following that again. And so I think for people who are looking to take that punt, quitting their job, going after this dream, and they might not make it, but what if, one, what if you do? Mm. Yeah. Like, well, that was the purpose of this podcast because the guests that I've interviewed so far have all had something in common, and that is they took a risk. Yeah. They weren't entirely happy with the trajectory that they were on. And, but they decided to do something about it. And that is the same for every successful person out there. And the job that I do, I'm exposed to people that have created their own businesses and they're very wealthy, high paid people. Mm. None of them got there by taking the easy option. The easy yeah. option is a guaranteed route to a, to a normal, ordinary life. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Before we finish up, I've got two questions for you. Yeah. The first one, if you could recommend six exercises, only six, if you can only do six exercises for the rest of your life, yeah, what would you do? Um, I would controversially start with walking okay. as your first. So the research is really clear that the people who walk and carry on walking as they get older, your risk of all-cause mortality decreases. Mm, yeah, I've read this Hugely, right? And I hit between 15, 20,000 a day. It makes me feel really good. I enjoy it. And it just makes dieting and leaning down just so much simpler if your step counts higher. Yeah, you get free, you, you're getting free calorie burning. Yeah, but yeah, it, it just makes it a lot easier and it doesn't impact hunger as mm. well. So then five more based off big compound movements that like, I think people focus way too much on chest. Um, I, it's, I, the big, it's the obvious one, it's isn't the it? Obvious one. You've got, your arm's going to look good from it, well, your I've, chest I've, is going to look good from so it. I've been so guilty of that in the past and I think you get a hell of a lot of chest from overhead pressing movements. So an overhead press of some sort. Mm -hmm. And I, let's just say this is all in this like six to eight rep range. Just mm -hmm. either add weight or add reps each week. So you start off doing six reps for as, like, as much weight as you can. The next week you try and do seven. Mm -hmm. Next week you try and do eight. You get the eight, you increase the weight for the next week, you're back at six. But Yeah. So I remember when you were doing this initially, you yeah. bought these little magnetic weights. Yeah. Very, very incremental ones. But it just goes to show like you were just trying to find that way that you could progressively overload every time you went to the gym. Exactly, yeah. So I was just looking to micro load and stuff. And I don't training is now very, a lot more lax 
than that. I was so heavily focused on the numbers, like when we used to, when you used to see me train. It's a lot more relaxed now, and I'm not so obsessed. And actually, being less obsessed has been a lot better for me in that regard. Um, so I would go an overhead press variation, mm-hmm. a barbell military press or a dumbbell shoulder press, then a back exercise, a row variation just for posture. You know, if one's sat at the desk like that, I'm probably uh, uh, Also, another thing that working out your chest too much will not help because if we are sat at a desk yeah. all day, you're, it's often your chest that's tight. The more you train chest as well, the tighter that will get you. Yeah. I think the biggest issue with posture now I've gone through my own journey of, of, of doing mobility and yoga and this sort of stuff is our backs and the backs of our shoulders don't have the flexibility range or the strength anymore because yeah. we are sort of sat in this hunched over position, mobile phone in front of us. Yeah, I, I agree. And actually, you find that building your, getting your back ridiculously strong will improve your chest because you'll pull your shoulder blades back, which will bring your chest up and out. So building your back. Okay. What about three, two more, squat and a deadlift. Squat and a deadlift. Easy. Yeah, the the exercises are really simple. And I've been doing a variation of the same exercise, exercises since I first started. Mm -hmm. Even back when I was 15, dicking around in the gym, I was still squatting. I was still pressing, like doing pulling movements. Mm -hmm. And then getting seriously into training, I'm still doing those exercises as I what what ten years ago. Yeah, okay. Still doing the same stuff because it doesn't change. No one's reinvented the wheel. That's interesting because it's my philosophy too with investing, and that is trying to simplify yeah. and reduce the friction to doing it in the first place. Yeah. So my piece of advice to somebody who is going on that journey of saving and investing would be to automate it. Money mm-hmm. comes out of your bank account, it goes into your trading account, it gets automatically invested every month yeah. and you don't have to worry about it. What you're saying from the training perspective is when I'm thinking about going to the gym today, I don't have to think what are the exercises I'm going to do today. You know you've got a core, let's say six exercises yeah. that you're going to do almost every single time. You know roughly amount, the amount of weight that you did last time too. Maybe you mm-hmm. track that, I don't know. but um but you've reduced the barriers to getting yourself in the gym in the first place you're also because you're not overcomplicating it you're reducing the amount of time that you're spending in there so you're going in there you're getting your exercise done and you're getting out yeah that's the one takeaway i'd say for the listeners and viewers is just really simplify things as much as possible and don't overthink it and like you said you said something really interesting about taking away barriers Get your gym as make the gym you go to as close, close. to you as yeah. possible yeah. because if there is a barrier in place, if you have to drive thirty minutes to your gym or your gym you use is at home and you commute to the office and you have to go back home and then go to the gym, it will be so easy to convince yourself not to go. Whereas your gym is basically opposite your office. Yeah. It might cost you a bit more. It might cost you a bit more. But you are going to turn up more often. Pay for the convenience if you can afford it in that scenario, for sure. Because it will be a lot harder to not convince yourself to go. Nice. Well, look, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Really valuable. Um, If anyone wants to find you, 
can where can they how can they find yeah, you? yes so uh, i'm on instagram uh, it's ash bailey trainer okay if you want to shoot me a message i'm more than happy to help out where i can shoot me a message but and i'm i hope people have taken away some valuable information about training about nutrition um even though we haven't like deep dived on a lot of things specifically but that is actually very deliberate because you want to get the basics dialed in before you start thinking about the complicated stuff yeah get the get the fundamentals right first yeah and then you know if if there's someone you want to do that isn't the status quo you're breaking the societal norm to want to go just do it yeah do it just do it yeah the podcast should be called just do it maybe maybe might be a copyright that one (laughs) (laughs) thank you ashley thanks jake appreciate it